I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Sometimes life throws difficult challenges our way. For Lisa Morissette, it came in the form of giving birth to a beautiful daughter named Sophie, who has complex health challenges. Lisa wanted to share her journey to give others hope that in the midst of suffering, there can be bliss. Lisa shares how her 13-year-old daughter is an instrument of healing, showing Lisa the way so that she may help herself and others. A beautiful and powerful story that has many lessons to help you if you are facing a difficult challenge. Welcome, Lisa Patterson Morissette to Soul Sister Conversations. Hi, thanks for having me, Dana. Well, I'm delighted to have a conversation with you about this topic. And I I feel like we're going to be chatting about really how to face a difficult journey and, and how to have some sort of inner peace or freedom while you face a, a difficult path. Uh, you have the challenge and the beauty of caring for your daughter, Sophie, who has health challenges. And on this journey of caring for and parenting a child, you've had your own journey of healing and becoming that has shown you some small miracles along the way. Can you share uh, what is the health challenge that your daughter um, has? Right, sure. Um, Sophie is 13, um, and she was born with Wolf Parkinson White which we didn't find out until a routine appointment. Um, I was 34 weeks pregnant and her heart was in the 300s rather than the usual around 150. So it was doubling. Um, So from that journey, off we went to IWK where she was born. And um, she, but subsequently from that, she suffered strokes in the womb. So she probably had more incidents is what um, the neurologist had explained to us with her heart going in that high heart rate. So that's um, what caused what they call cerebral palsy. So cerebral palsy is uh, basically birth or brain injury from in utero to age three. Yeah. Mm. So you you were already had cause for concern before she was born. Did you know how that was going to impact your life or her, her health? Did you, did the uh, doctors make you aware of that? Right. No clue. Right. Really no idea in the beginning. I guess all I focused on was her living. I just had this mm. feeling that if, if, if she were to go, how much that would disrupt us, where that would, where that would put us if we lost her. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I never really thought of any needs at that time, I guess. And, um, uh, but, but, um, but then they met with us. Um, I tend to call that neurologist, Dr. Deaf. He, he didn't have the best bedside manner. The, nur- the nurses really didn't want us talking to him, he, or especially me alone. They, mm-hmm. um, they apparently, um, but sometimes, I mean, how do you bring that news, right? And um, anyway, but I think in the beginning, um, you know, they, they basically the report was, we really don't know, I mean, where she's going to be at. I mean, we know that she's not going to be having a conversation like we are right now, but, um, you know, how it's going to work for her. We really don't know. Um, mm. yeah, what I, I was probably about eight months when she was about eight months old that I really realized that she wasn't going to crawl, that she, this, this was it. Um, it wasn't that, but you could see where maybe she might want to, and she definitely was engaging with people. 
um, you know, in her own way. So I, I definitely knew she understood us. And of course, I'll never forget the first smile. I mean, especially mm-hmm. from her, because you knew then that she was she was hitting a milestone. You knew that um, that she sensed you, that she knew you. And that was really important to me, I guess, was I and I often think about parents with children with autism and, you know, when, when they can't get that connection um, to know that this child really knows them and feels them or to, to not, maybe not see it. Maybe they do see it in glimpses, but I mean, it's a, to me, it was, it was one of the things that I, I really felt I needed to know and to uh, her communication, um, of course, is different. Um, Sophie's nonverbal and, um, and, and really she doesn't have a lot of movement um, in the beginning Basically, we were kind of told, um, you know, again, not the best of words, but more or less she would be a vegetable, you know, and nobody likes those terms, but that's the Mm -hmm. way we left listening to the neurologist. um, And um, that's kind of what we were told. And um, she, so she is in a wheelchair and she is, uh, she eventually became tube fed. In the beginning, she wasn't, but um, her, uh, and her tone is what they call mixed. So it's, it's hard, I think, for people to understand, but um, so, so it's all about the muscles and of course, so sometimes I think she's very stiff. Sometimes she's not. And I, you know, and there's a lot of spasms. I have a cousin that has MS and he said spasms are very much like Charlie horses. So I often think if that's, what's kind of coming up and down our body. And we all know when we have a Charlie horse, we get up, we stand up, we get rid of it. And I often think she can't, and she can't even mm-hmm. tell us where it is. So, so sometimes there is, um, a lot of pain and, you know, we don't know where it's coming from. Um, and that's probably been some of the, you know, one of the hardest things is, is um, not knowing what we can do to, to, to help. So we just sure. kind of keep trying all our tricks as my husband and I call it. And then right. sometimes when you get done, you just, you just have to be done. And, and she may cry for a while until it kind of passes. Yeah. Mm. How did um, you say you realized at eight months that she probably, um, you know, wasn't, you know, she was going to be limited in some way? You know, how did that begin to shift your experience as a parent, as a person, you know, emotionally? Did that cause you worry or fear? Um, or I were think, you just growing with it as she right, as right. You realized what was happening with her? Right. Um, I think Richard and I really prepared ourselves in the beginning. Um, I, I remember us having dinner and him saying, you know, we're going to focus on what she can do, not what mm. she can't. And um, so we really tried to go with that. So mm-hmm. and I think with that mindset has has certainly really helped us at that time, um, about that age, I, it was more so me preparing everybody around us. Because it was like grandparents. Well, she looks normal. What's wrong? Like you know, like everything seems she's she's ta- she's looking at you, or she's you know, and and yeah. um, it was hard to pick up on you know what what was not happening. But I mean, and and um, so it was it was more so almost feeling like you're preparing everybody around you. Mm. And um, but I think Richard and I kind of um, from that kind of dinner, um, like I say, it was sort of a moment away from the IWK. And it was like, okay, this is what we got. What are we going to do? How are we going to look at this? And, and that's kind of, kind of what we decided. I do remember when she was very small, um, toy aisles, I couldn't even go. I mean, like it was just, I, cause it, it, it did, it was so much about, you know, playing and toys and, you know, and how you really couldn't do that. And you didn't really know how, and, you know, and, um, and we still don't really know what all she's taking in. So I, we've just always taught everybody around us and, and us as well, we've just always spoken to her as though she, you know, can is listening and can comprehend. 
Um, I'm, you know, I'm not sure she comprehends the same, like you say, as we do, but um, mm-hmm. I'm sure some stuff I think she does understand. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and why did you want to share this journey with people? Well, I guess because um, because I think it's the growth that, that I tended to make with myself. I wouldn't be on this path that I'm on. Um, I guess I would consider myself a healer. I would consider that the type of path that I'm on now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, whether it's with energy work, actually, I'm kind of getting into sound healing now, vibrational healing. Um, I uh, and, and in just in looking at things in a different way. Um, and when you go through struggles, like just, um, how you can maintain and, and stay and getting to that place where no matter what happens, you just know that you will be okay. Um, Mm. Sophie had surgeries in 2016. Um, they were two 12 hour surgeries with uh, a day of rest in between in Montreal. Um, and of course I had a five-year-old that had to stay here and, and she was cared for by family and Richard and I went with Sophie for about a month and, um, uh, and I was prepared for, you know, I, the, the pain is what I, what, what probably scared me the most. I just, it's so difficult to see your child in pain. I don't think anybody can really even grasp what that is until, until you do do that. And, um, uh, and that was my biggest concern. Um, we walked away, you know, with, um, uh, Sophie being able to tell us yes or no, because her posture, since with the surgeries, her back was straight and she was able to to move a little more because before she was so slumped and so much energy was wasted from that, that, um, uh, so just such beautiful gifts. I mean, and, um, and I, uh, and I had been taking her to a massage therapist who had been doing Reiki and reflexology with her. And I started to realize and using essential oils and I started to realize how much this was helping. I mean, this was this person who, who couldn't speak. And I could see by her body, I could see by her, her, her body language, what this was doing for her. And all I kept thinking was, I want my hands to do that. I just, I want mm-hmm. to do that. And um, uh, so that's, so I started my Reiki journey, which, um, which really um, helped me work through, I don't know, you know, different things, whether, whether it's resentment, whether it's guilt. Um, all those different things that sometimes we harbor. And, and I think the more, um, you know, I was able to get through that, I felt like I was able to maybe gift to others. And um, mm. uh, and, it, and it really did help Richard, Sophie and I with our journey. And I know lots of people were sending prayers and Reiki and, and um, she just healed so quickly. I, you know, like everything was just, just um, I, I think we left sooner than what they had thought. Um, you know, plane rides were, were always just a... <sighs> I mean, Sophie doesn't sit. So to sit on a plane ride, my husband has to carry her up the plane. Like, it's just, I can't tell you how awful it is. And um, she, uh, um, so I was really worried about flying back because after the surgery and, um, you know, and her crying and, you know, it's, it's really hard when you think she's disturbing other people. Um, I remember my, my teacher saying to me though, you know what, maybe some people just need to hear that. Maybe somebody Mm -hmm. had to hear that crying today. Like to, and you know, when, when, when you start just changing the perspective, it just seems to take the weight off. Like if you can just look at things in a different way. Um, anyway, she flew great. Um, we got home and like I say, and then it just opened up this whole new world with communication where we felt, you know, that she, she could understand some of the, some of the questions that, um, that we might have for her or to even help mm-hmm. make her more comfortable. 
Yeah. Right. So did you come on to um, the path of using healing modalities and getting involved in Reiki and doing healing work yourself because of the work you were trying to find to help Sophie heal? And then you realized, wow, this could actually help me? Or were you involved with it to some degree before? No, not at all. No. Completely oh, wow. green to it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I might've heard of essential oils, but, um, but, uh, yeah, actually it's kind of funny. I tell this story, my oldest daughter's 24 and I remember us, I don't know where we were. It must've been some sort of, um, uh, like a community, um, gathering or an outdoor fair kind of thing. And there was somebody there that was, um, doing Reiki and you could pay a certain amount. She was so intrigued. I remember her standing, let's go do that mommy. And I'm like, not doing that. You know, <laughs> and then look at me today. <laughs> it's just funny what you remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, I had no, no real interest. It wasn't anything that, uh, but, but again, I kept watching all these people, whether it's physios or OTs or others, and just, just watching them and their hands and how they were, would hold her and do things and know things. And, um, you know, and I, yeah, so I just, and, and again, watching what the Reiki was doing for her. Um, you know, whether it would be moving her bowels, which often would be a problem with Sophie, but it would cause 15 other problems and still does um, when that's out of whack. So, but it's, you know, it just seemed to do so much and to see her smile, like, you know, like wow. because, because of, of receiving. Yeah. Yeah. So did you notice a difference in her demeanor after yeah. trying these different kinds of uh, healing modalities? Did she seem happier or lighter oh, in some way? Definitely. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so you yeah. thought, Hey, might actually help me through my journey as well. Yes, exactly. And and again, back to these surgeries, that's what I kept, the, I thought, well, if I can do this and I can help Richard and I, it was more about that, you know, that that trip kind of, I can help us through this as well, because I, I felt we would need to be supported as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting to me that, you know, you have this child with complex needs and you have to help her through the journey. And in doing so, it almost became a vessel or a medium uh, for you to begin helping yourself and, of course, other people. Do you see what you're going through as a spiritual experience? Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I know you always hear, you know, you know, um, you know, God doesn't send children like I don't quite see it like that. I see it more as um, as Sophie as being so close to God. I mean, mm. Sophie's hands have never done harm. Her words have never done harm. Um, I can't help but think that her soul is in a higher place. And I feel like we've been blessed to have her choose us. Is the way I see it. And and um, I'm covered I, in goosebumps. If yeah. you say that, like <laughs> yeah. completely covered yeah. in goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it feels like such a gift. Yeah. of uh her being this instrument yeah of, you know <laughs> yeah and and she is and I mean she catalysted so much and I mean and I even think of our community like um there of course there's been a lot of fundraising for Sophie and um the Woodstock area is extremely giving like there's always fundraisers and mm-hmm. you know it's a smaller close-knit community community and um and you know we've had countless I mean and just the giving that every but I but I see it like as Sophie and the soul spark that just you know like like what um what she sparks. And again, she hasn't uttered a word, you know? And uh, so it's quite amazing to me to be, to be gifted with that. Yes. Wow. A soul spark. And she, what the change that she has evoked and hasn't spoken a word, boy, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. How we yes. can create change um, in, in people's lives just by saying nothing by the absolute presence yes. of her. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's the way I feel. And I feel she does affect any life that's, that's been that involved with her. Yeah. Mm. I know you and I chat. 
Yeah. 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 To anybody who comes in contact. Yes. With her, yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we chatted about mystical experiences, spiritual experiences with, or little miracles with Sophie. Um, what are you referring to? Is there something more than what you were talking about right now? Or just, you said like her, her soul, you feel is so pure or so high mm-hmm. or so close mm-hmm. to God. How mm-hmm. has those little miracles or things showing up mm-hmm. in your lives? Honestly, sometimes, um, uh, sometimes I like say if Sophie is upset, as I've described, um, what that can look like is a lot of crying and just, just unconsolable. Just, you know, like I say, you don't know what's going on and you're trying to figure it out. I could start to do Reiki and I could start to see her calm and it's, you could close your eyes and it's just like you're in a whole other realm. I don't know how else mm. to explain it. And, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's like a dance of souls when you're with her. It's, it's, it doesn't feel more human like, or, you know, caring, like it feels more on a soul level. And um, so when you're trying to console her, you mean, yes, and yes. you realize there you got, you are both connecting in some other way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and that's how can you I'll sense that? Or what I know it's hard to describe, mm-hmm. but is it looking into each other's eyes? Is it through touch and you, you experience something different? I think that's what it is. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and it could be closing your eyes. And if, if people are familiar with Reiki, often you see colors, often you might have visions sort of. And, and I guess that's, that's kind of part of it for me now. Um, in mm-hmm. the beginning, it might not have been that so much, but, but I think, uh, I think Reiki's really helped kind of gift that to me, like, like as, as I'm working with her. Yeah. As almost like a mode of communication with her. Right, right. And right, it's right. communicating on a different level with her because she her physical body has so many limitations. So it's almost like I had to step up my um, energy or step up and experience and communicate with her on that level to to be able to assist her and help her, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, really, yeah, when it yeah. when it forces us because we tend to want to look at maybe the surface or just we naturally see what we you know we believe what we see yeah. or uh, you know we want it the tangible. Uh, but when you're forced to uh, find another mode of communication uh, yes. with this beautiful soul, it's amazing what can be achieved. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Then I think you don't stay in that suffering mode. It's almost like you're able to to kind of surpass that in some way and to be to be able to connect yeah well yeah rise above the suffering right yeah yeah because it's difficult as you said to watch somebody suffer so it is. the fact that you have a tool or a way that you can actually communicate or connect with her is pretty yes. beautiful yeah and music often will do this with her as well and um mm. i uh so so I, I i was saying about the sound vibration so so i did order a tuning fork and anyway and she really seems to like that so there's vibration like i say i think she experiences things far differently than we do because she also her her eyesight is bad i should have mentioned that she has what they call um cortical visual impairment so she sees but it's kind of like how does how does the brain interpret to to the eyes kind of so so she might see well i think some days better and then other days it might not be as good so so again she's I think her you know her hearing is like Richard and I always say it's dead on like you, you literally <laughs> could could just hit the floor downstairs and we have a baby monitor in our room and you could see her kind of smiling because she knows somebody's coming oh <laughs> isn't that yeah, amazing yeah so her hearing is really good but um so back to like the vibrational so I'm and I actually was just gifted a healing harp 
Um, uh, it's made by uh, Barbie Roberts. And um, so I just, just got it literally yesterday. And, um, and she was having one of her fussy days. And I had been watching videos with them. And apparently you can put them on the person and because of the vibration. It's it's supposed to help, and actually it did. So so I'm quite excited about that too. Wow! And what did it do for her? Does it calm her? Yeah, it did. It's it's they're supposed to be um uh supposed to be like connection to the angels with the, these harps, like the the sound that comes from them and the vibration. And um yeah, it did. It did. It just um, wow! You know, How yeah. beautiful! What a beautiful yeah. experience! It's, yeah. it, it, from the angels and it feels like when you play it it's almost like in union with the angels like yes exactly what an amazing experience and it's really you know reminding me as we're having this conversation about the other modes the other senses the other things that are going on that we cannot see that we can tap into to help ourselves and other people exactly I mean, my goodness and you are being forced Yes. To find those ways, <laughs> you know, for lack yeah. of a better, you know, yeah. you know, you're being yeah. forced to find these other modes of communication. Um, you know, it just literally feels like Sophie is an instrument or a tool to bring you to that. Like I, I you know, I want to say, I feel like she's bringing you to God. I do too. And, um, and that's, that's the way it is felt. And, um, I often say she's been my catalyst and I, you know, and, and I mean, and now here I, I have this harp that's landed um, you know, that's like I say, been gifted to me. And I mean, I eventually may share it with, with clients. Um, you know, I, maybe I will just use it in my, fa- I, I'm not sure, but it's, but it's, it, and it actually, even myself playing it, it's just, I mean, you could get lost in it really easily because it's, it's really, a, oh, it's so, so magical. Yeah. It's just, so just, you don't it, have to have like guitar training or it's yeah, just that's something right. that you that's could the play because I'm not oh. musical. So that's the beauty. So it's, it's wow. just, you literally just strum it and it just, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And what is it called to get a heart harp? It's called a healing harp. He- healing um, harp. Yep. And I, I think her name is Bar- Barbie Roberts. So, um, so I kind of looked on YouTube for a few videos and I, I was speaking to somebody else that, uh, that I, I, I know is a wealth of knowledge and I thought she might know some about sound healing. I just, uh, like I say, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I got to get into like, and I knew this tuning fork and, um, you know, I wanted to learn more about that. I mean, I still don't know enough, but I, mm. I, ju- I tend to jump into things. <laughs> That's like, even with Reiki, a lot of people don't start, um, practicing after level one, but I just, I, I mean, it was boom. I did because I wanted to take reflexology. And I remember my teacher saying to me, uh, or me trying to block myself saying, well, how am I going to pay for that? I can't pay for that. She says, well, what about if you tried something, you know, look at something different where you could earn money. And I said, well, maybe I could start practicing Reiki. <laughs> That's what I did. So, oh, so wow. I, I, yeah, so it's just, it's just kind of ding, ding, like everything. Yeah. I think when you start opening and listening and um, things just start to fall your way, um, you know, again, this healing harp falling in my lap, like I, you know, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful gift. And the person that gifted to me is a beautiful soul. And I, and, um, and I can't explain it any other way other than I, my soul wanted that so bad. And, and I was thinking, and again, I just got it yesterday. So I kept thinking last night, is it Sophie's soul that was calling this or was it mine? Or maybe it was mm. us together. Like, I don't really know, but it's, um, yeah. and, and I haven't had it long enough to kind of, you know, but I, but I know, I know I love it and I know I wanted it really. I haven't really wanted anything. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, yeah. You know, like it, it's just such a yearning, like to, to feel it and to hear it. And, yeah. Oh, I bet. I, I can sense it. Do you share any of your um, things like modalities that you do with Sophie on your Facebook page. Cause you have a Facebook page for her called supporting Sophie. Yes, I do. Right? I or your diamond energy 
therapy page or do you ever do that to see the, to show people the difference or what happens with her or? Yes, actually I've, I've shared a few videos. Um, I did share one on with the tuning fork and, um, and I probably will do one with the harp too. I just, like mm. I say, I haven't, I haven't, uh, in with her being fussy last night, I didn't really get much time, but I do plan to do a little video with it. Cause I do want other people to hear it. Yeah. Oh yeah. How beautiful. Do you, do you reflect on why you think Sophie came into your life? Do you, you and your you know what? Cats about that? Um, this is the funniest thing. I mean, you always look back and think about things. I remember her pediatrician when I went, I remember her saying to me, you know, Lisa, um, people say these children are brought to families to bring them together. And I, and I walked away thinking, yeah, whatever, you know, like, like you're just, you say that to all the new parents who are, you know, stuck in this mode. Thanks. You know, it's it just mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, you know, close the door. And, um, but then, but that has struck me so many times. My parents actually divorced when I was around 20 and, um, uh, and both, um, both sets, um, you know, like my father and his new partner and my mother and her new partner hadn't really been together in one room, but <laughs> they were after Sophie. And, um, and all of the grandchildren got to experience those grandparents together. And I mean, they, they, they you know, it wouldn't be um, uh, like to them, it's just normal, you know, like, but, but of course, you know, we grew up with, you know, far differently, but they don't, they don't see it that way because they just grew up with them all together. And, you know, everybody would come to celebrations together. And, and, I, and I have to say kudos to my parents and their partners for getting to that point, because um, I'm sure it was very difficult to, to get over, you know, hurts and things to, to do that. But, um, but I think Sophie really, really sparked that. <laughs> well, isn't that the beautiful piece of that? You know, her role in, like you said, bringing people together, of getting yeah. people to move past their egos and their, their yeah. hurts and their yes. wounds. Yes, It's exactly. pretty amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You say that, you know, the, you know, the journey with it shifts constantly and she, you know, and you navigate it with as much grace, laughter and happiness as you can. Yes. Uh, how does that show up for you daily or it, or, you know, weekly, monthly in your, right. you know, how do you stay centered, happy in the face of, of these challenges? Um, I often t- try to do some deep breaths. Um, one thing I've started doing, especially this past year with this whole COVID thing, is um, uh, I try to do three at a time, like when I'm really feeling, you know, and and I, I on the in-breath, I send love to myself. On the out-breath, I would send love to my family or to it, actually my daughter's school. <laughs> a lot of times is what I've been doing this year. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, so that's, so just stopping sometimes and, uh, I can't meditate. That's I'm too busy. My mind's too busy. I would be described as the ADHD child as a, you know, as a kid. And, um, but often I will hold crystals. I will, again, back to Reiki. I tend to see colors. I tend to be able to to sit very quickly and kind of bring myself back to center. Um, when I do that, um, sometimes I do do guided meditations, I guess, or visualizations, I would call them. And, um, and actually I've probably designed a few that I've done with them, uh, with Reiki when I'm teaching that as well. Um, uh, so that's one thing I would do. And I guess, um, I think it's just being true and authentic. Like sometimes I make, I make posts and I know we had this discussion the other day. Like I really don't, we, you know, sharing my life on Facebook, I really don't want to do, but if I can share some and it'll help somebody else to get up and get out the door and realize, you know, like, Hey, this is bad, but I can still move forward. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I don't want people feeling sorry for us. I don't want people feeling pity because that's the 
the last thing I feel. Um, do I feel overwhelmed? Yes. Do I think it's anybody's fault? No. Do I think policies could be changed? Yes. Do I think that um, it's hard having caregivers in my home? Yes. Do I need them? Yes. Do I want them? No, not always. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and um, so you just so but you just sort of you're always doing that kind of yin and yang and balancing and, um, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie. I probably in some ways feel like I'm hitting burnout right now, probably mm-hmm. more so than other years, um, you know, with the no camp rotary um, last year that really hit us. Um, no extra help because of that. And you know what? My community stepped up and, and people came in didn't know anything about Sophie or caring for her. And they gave us a weekend away. Some people were, they kind of, we did sort of teams that volunteered their time. They were not paid. Some of them were like had PSW or LPN training and, mm-hmm. and then somebody else paired with them. The people did that for us, you know, and, um, and we had a weekend away. And I mean, and that's, that's, um, that's the beauty. And so you, you, so even though you kind of feel like, Oh, I can't hold on anymore. This can't, you know, then something happens like that. And, um, and I guess that's the way I've always felt with Sophie. Like you, sometimes you feel like you're hitting a wall, but then, then the bricks come tumbling down and, you know, something opens up, somebody comes into your life and, um, you know, and it's just, or something to change, you know, whatever aspect is going on. Like, yeah. To help so, you in your life. Some right. Way. Yes. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. To give you the relief that you need. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now we know we need more respite. We know we need I know, like, as the, the social worker at Stan Cassidy said, you're just getting little snippets. This isn't really enough. So, I mean, we don't get a weekend. We don't get, and I mean, and it's, it's so much planning that almost when I start looking at it, even even if the dollars become available with the special needs program, I, I'm beginning to think, I don't even know how I can do this. Any, like, I feel like to a point where I'm just sort of done fighting for stuff and doing paperwork and doing you know, and, and maybe some of that too is part of the acceptance of, okay, can we just accept Sophie as she is? Can we just, you know, like, can we just move forward? And, um, you know, but she's looking at high school next year, not going to lie. This is causing me a lot of stress, but she's had one of the same EA since kindergarten. And, um, uh, so you can imagine kindergarten to grade eight, one person that fully knows her. Um, and I have to go to people who don't know her, who, you know, and I have to, um, trust and train and hope Sophie can do the same and, uh, and hope they listen because sometimes that's, that's probably the biggest problem is sometimes people don't listen to her cues or they're not, right. they're not um, centered enough to be able to do that. And as one person said to me, Sophie's a great teacher because she makes you pay attention <laughs> and, um, you know, and, um, and once you really start to, I mean, there's, she tells you there's no problem, but you just have to focus on her instead of, mm-hmm. you know, 15 things. Yeah. Mm. What have you learned about suffering? That there's bliss to the other side, that there's, that I believe that there, when we talked about other things that we cannot see, there's other realms. I believe that, I believe that when Sophie is in deep suffering, she's not in her body. I believe that when people are really suffering, they're not in their body. I don't believe that they're experiencing the type of pain um, that, I mean, I know people experience pain, but I don't know that they, um, like when it gets to the degree that, we just can't imagine that that perhaps they're not in their body. That I, I guess that's for for me the best way to think about it. And what gives you that idea, or what make that's a, a profound statement? So when someone or you see that she's in deep suffering, you don't feel that she's in her body because there is a, I guess, is it a coping mechanism that right, we can right, remove right. ourselves right, so, not, exactly. so that she's not feeling the physical yes. pain. 
that's what I feel like. I feel like it's almost mm. like a disconnect. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, what gives you clues to that? Is it just a sense or is it just a sense? Maybe? Just, just a sense, maybe just, um, just energy from hearing other stories too, of people mm. who, 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 you know, um, you know, they didn't feel that or even hear hearing of, um, uh, you know, people talking, uh, to souls who have crossed over. Like I've, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Mm. So it gives you a sense of peace that if she is in deep suffering, that she may not actually be feeling the physical pain. Right. Not to the sense, not to the degree that, that, um, that we maybe might think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. And when you say bliss, well, you, when you learn about suffering, there's always bliss on the other side. Is that what gives you hope to hold out? Or you, do you find ways to experience bliss in the middle of the suffering when you see her in pain or you see her struggling and then you, you yourself are tired and struggling? How right. do you find the bliss in that? Hmm. I think that might be a bit of both, like, like, like in thoughts of um, bliss to the other side, as far as, uh, you know, what, what is your hardest kind of thing that you're going through kind mm -hmm. of propels you into, um, you know, something that you just can't imagine that, you know, that you could do or that you could overcome. And I feel like there's that bliss to the other side when you get there. Um, you know, it, it, it might be a bit of a coping mechanism too, I'm sure. sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, but there's always something to be thankful for. There's always something. And I remember when she was having her surgeries and, and we walked, we walked, we walked in Montreal because, and I kept thinking, how do people not work? Like it was so much time and we weren't used to having that much time on our hands <laughs> and with Sophie, you know, in the bed. And I had a five-year-old that I couldn't be with. And I mean, it was just very, and she just started kindergarten. Anyway, so we walked a lot and I, and um, the super hospital in Montreal is huge. So, I mean, just walking around that is big. And, um, and just looking at the sky, just the people you would meet and you could see, I don't know how else to explain it, but when you just felt like an angelic presence from some people who were looking at you and talking to you and, and in their words. And, you know, and I remember I had these photos and you could look in the sky and I said to Richard, I said, look at that, look at the light coming from that. And, you know, it, and, uh, and he said, said, it looks like a hand, looks like God's hand. I said, and I, that's the way I felt. Mm. I felt like we were being held. I don't know how else to explain it. And when you feel like yeah. somebody's holding space for you. Um, you know, it, but why can't it be the universe holding space for you? Why, why can't it be, you know, like when you're, when you're too that low, why can't you look to other senses or look to other, um, things that you just can't see to, to experience, to bring you to, to know that you are being held. Mm, how beautiful. Mm. What has your daughter taught you? Hmm probably resilience. I guess I think of what the gifts she's given me, <laughs> you know, like yeah, as, as far yeah. as these healing modalities and being put on that um, path, um, always looking at things with a different perspective. Um, yeah. Like so, so many gifts in that way. Um, but yeah, she certainly taught me resilience and patience. Um, mm. And uh, you know, and it's really hard to, to know when you can't control something to kind of keep going and to, to understand and accept and I guess she's kind of taught me that too. And um, and communication, like back to that, even bringing families together. I often say um, my first marriage was with domestic violence and um, and I was a single parent for quite a while. Um, so I had to let this guy in kind of close to me that I, I don't, I don't know that Richard and I would have got on the level of the communication or of the um, commitment, the partnership, however you want to call it. 
if it weren't for Sophie. I don't think I ever really would have let go. To to really, for me to depend on him was huge because I was so independent. And then for me to kind of just allow, um, I never would have got there. How does the domestic violence play into that? So you had a a relationship that you went through domestic violence. So was that does that feed into this in terms of the teaching or? Yes, definitely to me. Um, it it as far as um fear, like as far as um knowing that that you can be afraid and kind of keep going. Um, know that you know you may not know what's going to happen, but that that you can still be okay. Um, especially in the beginning, like in the hospital and, you know, in the what ifs and what was going on and, you know, in me just coming out of surgery too. I mean, I was healing and as well, and, you know, and had a big trip that I had to have that, that pregnant and coming home. And so definitely a lot of, uh, stamina that way, I would say. So you had learned a lot of lessons from going through that hardship that fed right. into this one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know you had said you saw him as your first husband as a spiritual teacher. Yes. Um, and I know a lot of people probably wouldn't see the perspective of, you know, going through domestic violence. You know, it's very terrible. But, you know, how did that serve you? Right. Um, you know, yeah, and you took that. Obviously, you took lessons from that. You, you, you already pointed to it earlier in the conversations, really, when you change the way you look at things, the things yes. you look at change. And, yes. And you looked at that that relationship that you were thankfully able to exit from as a, as a spiritual teaching moment. That's right. That's right. And, and, um, and I'm thankful because I, I wouldn't be again, the person I am today and, um, uh, leaving him was very difficult. Um, you know, but I, but it taught me so much, like with being on my own, having to stand on my own, um, you know, and, and of course we had our, our daughter together too. And, um, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, I, I remember I, I went to a medium years ago and, and I, I mean, and I hid this very well. Um, <laughs> no family knew, no coworkers knew, nobody knew what was going on. None of my friends knew. So when it happened, when I left and I ended up in transition house, I mean, of course, everybody was shocked and everybody's like, why didn't you tell us? So, so I, I considered myself um, and being vulnerable was something I didn't want to do. I think because I didn't want to be a victim, I didn't want people to look at me that way. And I guess I still feel that. And, um, but I remember sitting before her and her taking one look at me and, um, and her the medium. And, yeah. And she, she, she said, I've got a man that's hurt you very badly, very badly. Why did he do that? Why did he do that to you? And I remember looking at her and saying, because I let him, you know, mm-hmm. I, I let him, I mean, and, and, uh, um, and so that was part of it. So once I kind of stood up, and realized I was more, I mean, how can you not look at that as a gift? I mean, I mean, you know, he, he showed me that, that, um, that I was valuable. So I walked away, you know, knowing that. And I mean, and I knew that if I was ever going to have another relationship, um, that I had to be valuable, that I had to, I had to feel I could be heard. I had to feel that I could, could share that I I didn't have to be quiet if, if something was there that I disliked. Mm. I'm curious, um, you know, often if someone was in that situation, that that situations tend to repeat. How did you make that shift from going from a bad relationship to actually ending up in a good one, and you actually seeing your own value? I because that I, can be difficult for women. Yes, yes, I think I did a lot of work, but I yeah. also think I came from a place. I grew up in a loving home. I I knew I I grew up never seeing violence. Um, I grew up um, probably my parents were. Um, how do I say it? Uh, 
almost too calm, like almost because they weren't communicating. They probably, you know, like it wasn't. So I think um, I went looking for all this drive and for all this um, exuberance with the relationship. So so I went way to one other side. And, right. and, uh, and so I think for me, it was realizing, um, okay, there's got to be some sort of happy medium here. I mean, you can still love without, you know, fighting and things to be riled up. And for th- that doesn't mean you know, that, um, you don't need that, but, but you also don't want a flatline relationship either. And I mean, so I guess for me, it was, it was finding that, that happy medium as to, as to what, and, and of Mm -hmm. course I had my little girl too. And, um, uh, so, so yeah, so I, I, maybe some of it was about self-confidence and, and, and probably realizing I didn't need anybody. I mean, that's when I kind of hit that level. Of course, that's when Richard came in. (laughs) What is it that they often say, say, um, uh, the 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 teacher will come when the student is ready right Right. absolutely so so it was kind of like I sort of sort of I might have had this list of who I thought this next partner should be you know and and um and then I just thought you know what yeah I don't care anymore and I kind of put it aside next thing you know um a good friend of mine's like you should meet my cousin and um, anyway, yeah. Oh, how surrender works. <laughs> well, you've so certainly true. brought us through a lot of different lessons here today and sharing your journey of how we how we come through difficulties, how we see things as spiritual teachings, how we can use that and serve us. And I think people might walk away from this conversation to look at, look at the t- context of their life and what they went through, what they're going through and how that is serving you or teaching you in some way. Is there anything that you want to say about um, your journey that you haven't said? Um, no, that's beautiful. That's exactly what I want to do. And that's why I do share, like I say, some on Facebook about, mm. about our life and about, you know, how we feel and things. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I guess the caregiver role. When, when you ask if there's anything I wanted to share, um, I hope people also walk away thinking about caregivers, whether it's somebody caring for a family member or caring for, um, uh, or they do it as a profession. We need to really look at those people more. I mean, some of the people that we've run into, they're doing this um, from such a place from their heart. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we give enough. Um, thought maybe to that. And I mean, and, and sometimes people wonder, what can I do to help? And I mean, often I'll see people and, you know, I might write something, then the, they might message me or ask me, um, well, if, if I could help you, I would just let me know. Well, how about you just make a casserole? And I talked to another parent that was um, a, ch- a sick child, you know, make a casserole, just drop it off. How about you, um, you know, maybe take their other kids out, you know, like, like start looking at things that you can do and just do right. it. Don't, don't, don't wait for the ask because people usually when they're in that caregiver mode, they're so overwhelmed. They don't even know what to ask for. So if you can step up and you can, you can uh, just do something from your heart. And the the ask itself is probably a lot, you know, to to actually pick up the phone and do it. And yeah, action counts. Uh, You know, I think people are well-meaning and say, if there's anything you, you know, you need, let me know, but I'm an action girl. So it's like. Yeah, make the casserole. Yes, you know, yes, exactly. Buy the just flowers. Do yeah, don't don't do question it. it. Just do it. Don't don't just look for do what it. they might need. Just do it. So anybody in your life that you know is in that role, yeah, that that would be my my walk away. If I can get somebody to do that, I I will really feel overflowing. Mm. Um, how where, how would you describe where you are on your healing journey right now, or your journey? Is there a word that you'd use to describe it? Blessed. I, I guess I. I uh, yeah, I just, I, 
especially right now, I am, um, I've been oh, teaching more. And, um, like I say, yesterday, this harp landed in my lap the day before that, um, a client had brought me in a beautiful dragonfly, like a sun catcher to go in the window. I just, I mean, I just feel so gifted and whether that's, you know, God, the universe, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like so many things are kind of coming to me right now. Yeah. Mm. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, they could message me on, um, on Facebook or, um, I go on Instagram some, probably not as much as I do as I do Facebook. And like I say, I do have like my personal page and then diamond energy therapy. And then I have, um, supporting Sophie. Yeah. All on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Mm, Great. I just have a last couple of questions for you. Mm -hmm. Um, what have you learned about the power of being you? I hope I can be solid. I hope I, when I say that, I almost envision like a pillar coming through me. Um, I hope I can be solid and just present. Um, being present is really difficult sometimes, um, you know, and, and authentic and, and to be able to, to, you know, help others do the same. Hmm. What has become abundantly clear to you? Hmm. Love, I think, um, you know, just, 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 you you can share that with with anyone. It doesn't have to be so intimate. I think like mm. like you can you can um, do it in so many other ways with with just giving. Just you know and yeah. And lastly, what does the world need most? Love, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Back to that. Yeah, I we, just we can't get enough. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, and just just discernment. Like I have seen a lot of things this past year kind of create divide. Um, and, um, I, I just think if, if we can look at more, you know, um, instead of looking at those differences, look at how we're the same. And, um, then maybe the love comes through a little easier. Mm, I agree. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa, and sharing your story and all of your insight. Um, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.